What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two of The Witcher's Junkies. I'm your host, Brooks, and with me today is Josh K. Josh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, bro? What's good, peoples? You know, it's been a long time coming. You know, me and Brooke, we, we got the same alma mater, and, and we, we are very interested in the same uh, uh, just career adventures. So this is this is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Yes, sir. Shout out to Einstein. Shout out to the Titans from high yes. school days. We don't get the, we won't get as much love as we should, but it's all right. Yeah, man, of course. So Josh over here is a big basketball fan. He's he's into the basketball media just like I am. Um, he's actually had the chance to go cover some more Wizards games than I have. So let me just ask you about that, how how that experience has been for you. And, um, you was, know, what else do you want to do with it? That was actually really, really great and really eye-opening for real. Um, I was in a situation where... Uh, you know, my back was against the wall in terms of did I want to pace my dreams or did I want to just succumb to, uh, you know, those pressures of, you know, just just the, just the world and just, you know, I really found a great opportunity with Tacoma Radio and through them I was able to form a relationship with the Wizards and start covering them for the year of uh, 2017, 2018. Um, and that was really good. I covered like uh, probably like 10 to 15 games not too many um but really what i took out of that experience is you know being in these locker rooms and talking to these players and even just listening to the responses and, and being being in the media room with the undercover journalists um you don't realize from the outside looking in how much of a how much work is being put into making the nba what it is and making it look like what it is um, so you have to tip your hats off to those people who do that. And then at the same time, even more so, like the players, the players are so misunderstood. And that's kind of why I really wanted to jump into that. And that's, that's really what I want to do. I honestly, it's kind of a couple of things that I feel like, uh, my services could be used for in terms of the game, but I just have a passion for the game. And I know that players are not represented well in the media as much you know as much as they they should be in my opinion because you know when you're in these in these locker rooms a lot of times i'm the only person of color you know that's that has a mic in my hand or um i'm the only person my age that has a mic in my hand so um you got people that don't really relate to these players telling these players stories and then you see exactly how like there was a time where um i was in a thunder locker room and it was you know it was a time where they had carmelo anthony Paul George and Russell Westbrook is a class clown. Mm. He is he's not like at that time, I feel like now it's kind of subsided a little bit, but at that time it was like Russell Westbrook's just the uber competitive uh teammate that's just puts too much pressure on his teammates. He alienates it was kind of that type of narrative. Yeah. And he's just the funniest guy in the, in the locker room, joining on and like making fun of everybody. Like it was it was good to see that. And then literally he went in front of the camera like their PR director. He came. He like he got all the journalists together. He's like, all right, what's the Westbrook spot? He's ready for for uh, words or whatever for questions. He comes up. It's literally he's laughing, laughing. He was, he was actually it was Terrence Ferguson. He was just making Terrence Ferguson go to the Green Turtle to get them like a whole bunch of food and stuff. <laughs> yeah. The butt. And literally like that's when the pre- PR personnel came, and Russ was just like, oh, yes, no. Short word answers, and he goes back to that that rush that the media hates. Yeah, in front of the camera. So 
you can tell how the media can take that and be like, see, you see it on tape. You know, that's how Russ is. Or, and, and I'm like, man, come on, y'all just painting the wrong picture because he rubbed you the wrong way. So those, those are the things that I really took out of the took out of covering, you know, the Wizards. And those are the reasons why I want to continue that. Right now, I'm kind of like, you know, I want to, I feel like our, our younger generation, too, that's another uh, avenue I want to kind of create for myself. So that's kind of where I've been kind of focusing my time and energy the past couple of years. So, and I I love that Russell Westbrook story. I think I think you've mentioned that before to me, but um, that's just yeah. funny funny to me to think because, like exactly what you said, you you always think about Russell Westbrook as being like this anti anti media guy and not yeah, wanting man. to be very friendly. You know, he famously once said, you know, um, I only got what was it, three friend or two friends, the basketball and my teammates, something like that. And to think of, like, you know, he's just like a, of course he's a normal person, but, you know, you don't think of right. him as being that jokester. And I think that's a amazing story you just shared. And um, one other thing I want to let the crowd know, or my audience know, rather, is uh, you did used to play ball. You didn't play ball at, at Marymount, right? I, Marymount was a funny story. I, 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 wa- I, was, I was walking on. I was in the process of walking on. And uh, the day before Midnight Madness was checkout day. This is a funny story, actually. My friends all make fun of me for it. <laughs> the day before March Madness, uh, yeah, Midnight Madness was checkout day. And that's really just conditioning. It's a day of conditioning. You wake up at 6 a.m. and you condition. I, you know, I was basically celebrating. Like, yeah, man, I made the I made the team, man. I just walked on. I wasn't, re- like, because at Einstein, it's not as, you know, I was just, we were just talking about how it doesn't get the love that it, that it deserves. And there's been, there's been, you know, a few players in this past that, you know, probably deserve a little bit of attention. Um, there was a time where, you know, one of my coaches actually shooed away a coach. It was, a, it was to a D3 school, Hood College, but he, he told him, yeah, you don't want my seniors, basically. And, and um, that was just the culture of Einstein. And at the same time, um, I didn't really... I didn't really feel like I, I, I personally, I don't feel like I did what I needed to do at certain, you know, certain times to, to, you know, play in college, like to, to really, cause I, I, man, I, I thought that my potential was at least like mid-major D1, like, honestly, like when I was at my best and when I was actually on my ballers life stuff and when I was playing against these D1 caliber players and stuff and people that actually went, you know, overseas and stuff like that, I was on par. So when I went to Marymount, once checkout day came, I was celebrating you know, my priorities are all messed up. I was up yeah. all night having fun. And I was just thinking it's conditioning. And my attitude towards conditioning is it only lasts so long, no matter what. Like, it was a time that we were, I was running, like, uh, full practice. And I was just like, you know what? This is not going to last forever. So let me just go through the motions and let me just keep running. It's not going to last forever. And that's kind of the mentality I, I took towards conditioning. And... That was not the case that checkout day. Uh, I, you know, I woke up. We ended up having to change plans. So the shoes that I had that were going to be ready for the track, they were not. They didn't have traction for you know, indoor gym. Plus, you know, I was very tired and all of that. And basically, I didn't make a single sixteen. Oof. Um, we had to make ten straight or eight straight to shave off one, but you had to do ten total. And, and what's a sixteen for people that don't know? Oh, for people that don't know. Um, the basketball court is a rectangle and you know obviously but a 16 is when you uh, is, is 
basically just a conditioning drill where you're running from one sideline to the other and back. And you do that, you touch each line 16 times. And that's when it's finished. And usually, if you're hustling right, you should finish around 45 seconds to a minute. If a, a, a minute, if you're a big man, 45 seconds if you're a guard is what my coaches have always uh, been on. And even in um, high school, we used to do 30s where it was just eights. Um, yeah, eights, where it was eight and 30 seconds, which was a little bit harder. Um, but, but yeah, we were doing 16s, and that was the only thing we were doing. And, um, you know, I think I made actually like the last one or two because my teammates were just pushing me, and they, you know, they were like, hey, get Josh right. And instead of going to coach and being like, yeah, coach, can I redo that myself personally? Like, in hindsight, that's what I know I should have done. But as a mature 18, 19-year-old, an immature 18, 19-year-old that was just embarrassed, I was just like, coach, um, I went I went to him the next day. I was like, yeah, coach, uh, if you don't mind, um, I'd like to, you know, just take this year off, reflect or whatever, and see if I want to come back next year. And... It didn't. It didn't really happen there because there, you know, the program there wasn't, you know, ideal. It wasn't like, you know, the. It wasn't a really good situation. But at the same time, I, I still had an opportunity to, to keep going. That next, that next seat, that my sophomore year, I could have still, I could have still played. Um, I was in all the open gyms and all the pickup games with all the teams. Like you know, you know, I don't know if you know some of them, but you know, some of them went to uh, a couple of my boys went to Blair. Yeah, uh, Rick and Tuck, and they're they were my boys from before we went to Marymount. Um, even Jordan McCants too. Um, so there were a lot of there were a lot of times where I was like, dang, I should be playing or whatever. But I was like, you know what? I I always at that time I was kind of transitioning into figuring out what I want to do with myself. And one thing that kind of stuck with me is combine your passion with your um, with your talents. And um, I remember we were on a field trip to the World Gallup Pole headquarters. I don't know if I told you the story, too. I might have. I tell a lot of stories over and over. <laughs> um, but nah, like, I just remember that quote. And um, I never really took it seriously, but I was always told that, you know, I should pursue writing or something in, you know, literature, whatever it is, just because I don't know. I don't know the reason why, but, you know, it, it's always been something that's pretty easy for me. Um, not to... Uh, not to like brag on yourself yeah you know um but I, I started exploring that with my own blog and i had a lot of fun just talking about basketball my own opinions and my friends liked it so uh it turned into um you know embracing mediocrity that podcast that me and my boys had in college we still want to bring it back because it was hilarious but um you know definitely should just, bro I, actually right now with the quarantine it's probably a lot easier to get done yeah um but yeah, and then you know, from embracing mediocrity, you know, it, Tacoma Radio, and then I'm then I'm I'm here. But yeah, man. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, I kind of forgot the question there. Oh, you're talking about basketball? Or how how I started? <laughs> yeah, that was that was the question. But I mean, it was a good story anyway, bro. I mean, yeah. and that's something that happened, or that's something similar that happened with me too. Was, um, like I, sports sports was my passion too. Um, but I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I knew that, like, in high school, I was thinking about, you know, writing and journalism and all that, but I didn't put it into full effect until I was, what, 20 years old, 2021, right around that time, and since then, I've taken off. I, you know, I did the same thing as you, blogging, and then yeah, got hired by a couple of publications and all that, and 
you know, now just taking off and I'm doing my own thing. So, bro, I kept seeing bro, for the for the listeners. It was a couple times where um, me and Brooks co- uh, covered, you know, the same events, and I just kept saying, I was like, man, you look familiar, man. For some reason, I think I know that guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was like, uh, oh, it was states, either yeah. two, like states, like two years ago, and I was, and you were like, we were like right next to each other, and I was like, yeah. Do I know you? Do you used to cover the Wizards games or something? <laughs> we just started chopping it up. Yeah. But, that's a, that is actually how we met, and that's how we started talking. And then, yeah. you know, um, you know Pedro who does a podcast with me, the uh, Hear Me Out podcast, and um, you know, since then we've tried to get some things going on, and this is actually the first time that we have. So, you know, this is yeah. this is a big episode right here. It's it's a it's kind of a blessing in disguise because everything kind of stopped, and you know, we got time to do things. Facts. Now yeah. on to someone else who has some passions. Aside from basketball, uh, mainly tweeting and just talking a whole lot of stuff. Uh, I want to ask you about Kevin Durant's statements about Jordan and his Wizards day, Wizards days. Uh, excuse me. Um, saying that you know, growing up in P- in PG County, C Pleasant, some of his favorite Wizards moments were when Michael Jordan was playing for the Wizards. What was that? O one, O two, and then O two, O three. Um. Yeah, like, you know, Jordan averaging 20 points a game, dropping 40 pieces, 50 pieces at 40, 41 years old. Um, you know, what was your reactions when you heard Kevin Durant saying that? And what are your favorite Wizards memories? I I agree with him. Because um, as a kid, see, I first started, you know, like, you know, getting into the NBA around like 2001 when AI was going crazy. And um favorite just, player. You, you said what? To my favorite player. One of my hey, favorite I, players. Yeah, I, yeah. until until this guy came into until Gilbert Arenas came into the picture. Facts. I was, I was a Philly fan. I was a, a a Sixers fan. Um, but that was the only team I ever hopped off the hop onto or off of or whatever. For the for the for the people that would talk trash like <laughs> no who will. Um, but nah, like I around that time. I just heard about Michael Jordan. Like, I, I used to have, you know, the collecting cards. I used to read the little almanacs with the stats and stuff. Like, I was a true basketball nerd. Um, not even just basketball, football, too. And, like, even to the point where my te- my, my sixth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh grade teacher, she, like, she taught those three classes, she used to buy full stacks of Washington Post just for me and some of my friends to, to read throughout the class because we would, otherwise we would be disrupt- disrupting the class. Oh, that's tough. Shout yeah, out to that teacher. Shout out to Miss Hellinger because she. I feel like she's the reason why she she played at that seed. Like I grew up on Mike like Wilbon and you know Tony. Like I I grew up on those guys. Oh yeah. Um, Major love to Mike Wilbon. You said what? Said Major. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah. Um. But I never really got to see Jordan play and like live or whatever. So. It was different for me. And then when he came to the Wizards and I started hearing about it, it wasn't like I really was, you know, watching more and more games. Like, even with AI, a lot of the the, the memories I have is reading his box score, reading the story in the next in the newspaper the next day in sixth period. Facts. But, like, um, same thing with Jordan. I was just like, wow, he's still doing this? He's, he's old. I thought he retired. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll go home to my mom or my dad, and I'll be like, yo, yeah, what's, is this, is this, 
Like, is this guy serious? <laughs> are, are people just not checking him? Like, you know, I was kind of confused, even at that age. But, you know, I was still amazed, though. And to answer your second question, um, my favorite Wizards memory is a few. Ah, that, that, that John Wall uh, buzzer beater versus the Celtics was a big one. Oh, hell yeah. Paul Pierce's one was a big one, even though it was glass, but he, but I love his interview after. Yeah, yeah. I called game. Called game, no matter what. I was like, all right, my bad. Because I was like, man, you got to do five push-ups or something. Like, you you ain't called no glass. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, dang, I, I, I would probably have to go, go back to Gilbert dropping 60. <sighs> I don't have to go back to Gilbert dropping. It had to man, be those Hibachi days, bro. zero. First of all, it was like whatever my favorite moment would have been. It had to be that Gilbert, Karan, and Sean Jameson era. Um, even really kind of even on par. Not only just Gilbert dropping sixty, the entire Wizards Cavs rivalry. Like that really built my my passion for being a Wizards fan. And even though we never really got over that hump. You know, shout out Jared Wallace for you know tearing Gilbert's ACL. Man, we shout out LeBron for getting in a, into uh, Gilbert's into Gilbert's uh, head oh, too. My, bro, that's see. People call me people like in high school. Like now, it's definitely relaxed, especially after 2016 that he won. But like in high school, people used to call me such a LeBron hater and think it was because he moved to Miami. I was like, no, bro. He used to beat us up. <laughs> he he told so bad. He, he whispered some nonsense to Gilbert and we went and lost because Booby Gibson in the corner. Like I remember some I remember some of those things so so vividly. So it has to be those two those two things because one, I'll start with the the Cavs robbery. Like I said, it built my passion for it built my loyalty for the Wizards. It built, you know, um it, it made me appreciate, you know, people like Deshaun Stevenson and uh, Antonio McDaniels, like those, those, you know, guys in the cut who contributed very, very well, and they, and they really were ingrained in the city. Um, and then going to the, going to the, the sixty piece, that was amazing to me because even to this day, I think so highly of Kobe. Like at that, at, like and. I know that's kind of redundant because everyone does. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I I just remember throughout the years of like 04 to 07, that's when I was really starting to watch the game on TV. It wasn't just those newspapers Miss Hollinger was giving to us. I was actually watching the games. I was like, where was this guy at? Like, not not where was he at, but like I wasn't reading his box scores. I was just reading. Wizards or Sixers, mm-hmm. and like I knew of Kobe and everything, but just the skill and the competitive, you know, drive and just everything he, he had in him just made me infatuated infatuated with him as a player. Like between him, for real, it's just two people. Him and Carmelo kind of raised me as a as a hooper. Yeah. Like those are the only two guys I really like. Footwork and you know, pull up game, and and that's really you can. That's mid rangers, man. Yeah, man, and those are my those are my two guys, and having Gilbert go to LA in the midst of Kobe's prime, in the midst of Kobe just going off and dropping 50, 50, 40, 40, 80, like 
in the midst of this, he goes to L.A., which is his own hometown, too, and he basically said, this is my city, Kobe. I'm dropping 60 on your head. Bro, that was just like a... I was like, yeah, like, I took so much pride in my city, like, my area, like, you know? Um, rest in peace to Kobe, man. I still... Yeah. I know the people won't see it, but, you know, I just got this for my birthday. Oh, the picture book. Yeah, the oh, mom nice. Yeah, that's... It's, I haven't even really went through it as much. I'm still kind of trying to take a step back, but but yeah, man, I that was that was big for me just because of just because of who it was on, you know. Man, that's but, bringing back that's bringing back some memories, bro. Like, oh my gosh, and I gotta go off into my own uh, Wizards memories. I would say definitely the sixty piece. I remember my mom was out of town, and. So my dad let us just watch that game. And I remember watching it like, like holy shit, this man is tough. Like, oh my God, I'm like, what? That was what, uh, I was like 10, 11 years old. I'm really just getting into basketball, NBA and all that. And I'm like, damn, like, this is one of the greatest games I've ever watched, ever. I'm so definitely that one. I would have to say... Everybody everybody likes to rag on, on Paul Pierce nowadays and, you know, try to... Yeah, I know. He's like, he's like, like this, uh, Patrick Ewing. I don't yep. think Patrick Ewing grew up, or I, we used to rag on Patrick Ewing, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like he's he's our generation's Pat. And the fa- the funny thing about him is that, or the funny thing about Paul Pierce is the fact that he has a ring, and he's like a certified clutch killer, and everybody <laughs> wants to disrupt, dis- uh, dispute his, like, his resume and all it's that. From Kobe. <laughs> Crazy, bro. But yeah, him hitting those buzzer beaters... Technically, he had two, even though the second one didn't count against the, the Hawks. I stand behind the fact that Wizards might have won that series against the Hawks if that if that buzzer beater counted. Was it that year? Like I think it was like 2015? Yeah, 2015. 20, no, it was 2014, 2015. When, when John Wall hurt his wrist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we... Because that's when the Hawks were like... They were the best team in the in the East, and they went on this crazy streak. When I think it was Mike Budenholzer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, five All Stars. Yeah, five All Stars, and we first two games or first game we took in in Atlanta. Second game we were busting them, and then John Wall got hurt, and then you know he he didn't really make it back until like game six or something like that, game five or six when we really needed him. He still made a difference. But I, if that Paul, even even the fact that we got to a point where Paul Pierce could have hit a buzzer beater that, you know, could have still made us win that series, yeah. it speaks to the, to the to the caliber that that core group had, you know, and people really overlook what the Wizards, are, like had or have, like because they still I feel like just with those two guys they still have a lot. I you think. Know? And then, oh, I completely agree. I think, what was it? Was it the next season when the Witches and the Cavs had that that uh epic overtime game against the Cavs, and it was like the one where oh, uh, oh, regular season. Yeah, when LeBron James hit that um that that turn that turnaround bullshit against Bradley Bill. Oh my goodness, man! That was a great regular season game too. I wish that was in the in the playoffs. That would have been even better. I think one of my boys was there. And I'm, yeah, I don't know if it was that game. Probably wasn't, but yeah, that was such a great game. I was watching that game live too. And but my number one favorite memory, I was 
it was, it was my dad got his tickets was his tickets uh when i was again i want to say like nine or ten years old this was back in those super struggle days for the wizards um they were like oh and nine oh and ten at that point they're playing against the pistons when they had Allen iverson so first time i get to see the wizards first time i get to see Allen iverson they come out with the dub oh, yeah so I get to see him. I get to see them live for the first time ever. They pick up the win. We just pick up the win, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm um I'm like their good luck charm," and I'm just like on cloud nine, just so happy after that game, bro. That's hey, that's good, man. That's a good memory right there. I'm so I never got to see it yet. I'm I'm glad I got to see Carmelo. Did it? I got to see Carmelo as a fan and and covering him. And and he's a he's a funny he's a funny guy too. But, I can see it. Yeah, he like he's a funny guy. Like in terms of, he let Russ do all the bullying. Paul George just chilled. He didn't do nothing. Yeah. He let Russ do all the bullying, and then when you know Terrence Ferguson and Dakari Johnson, <laughs> when they <laughs> they came back, they had to call both of them. They were already on the bus. They had to call them both back. They came back to get people's bags. Melo wasn't saying anything. He just dropped the bag and like with a smirk and just. Mm-hmm. The locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. Like, you, you're like I'm too old for the for these games, but I don't want to carry my bag either. That's funny <laughs> shit. Oh, I like that. I like him. But um, yeah, man. So then, yeah. on to this next question I have for you. We mentioned that core got group of guys in 2015, 2016. John Wall, Bradley Bill, Paul Pierce, of course. Uh, you know, five seasons later, Bradley Bill. Is a main contributor. He's a leader of this team right now. Uh, John Wall is hurt, of course, with the Achilles tear. But um, you know, with this meteoric rise, and you know, despite him being snubbed for the All Star game, who would you want to build the Wizards, or who? What pieces do you want to add to this team right now? Besides John Wall, of course, with this injury and a team that could become. Sorry, sorry, a, keeping. Sorry, uh, you can go ahead and finish. My bad. I broke up. I broke up. Oh no! I was I was about to ask. Um, so we're keeping we're keeping Wall. We're we're not gonna keep Wall. We're gonna keep Bradley Bill. But who do you wanna so build this team Wall around? Say it again. So if we're losing Wall and keeping Bill, yeah. Bill, um, first of all, we have to address that position. I. I you have to have a pass first point guard. Yeah, I was thinking like Rajon Rondo or someone like that. Yeah, a Ron, exactly, like a Rondo. I was actually, I think Trey Young would be good, even though he's not, he's, he's more of a modern, a modern day true point guard. He's not like a super pass first guy. Um, I think that would be a lot better for, for Bradley Bill than, than people will realize because of his, you know, uh, pre- the pressure he puts on the scoring end, you know? And the fact that you need somebody to be on him at all times, you gotta, you need to hug a shooter. So, John Wall not being a shooter, that I feel like that definitely um, helps defenders defend Bill. But if you had another shooting point guard, like a like a Deron Williams type, I know he's a little older, but that's why I'm saying. You know, Darren Williams used to be so tough. Man, I'm saying. Oh my gosh. To me, his game is like a. Damian Lillard or a Trey Young, like they, they can not not Dame as much, but more Trey Young because they can get eight assists a game and still give you thirty. Yeah. 
so it's just like it's just like that and people don't realize him and chris paul were right neck bro neck one and two like one a one a exactly one a one a not even one b or anything like they were literally there and then i don't even remember what like how they fell off but that was so tragic to me because i like deron williams more man i can't believe you choked so bad in the finals i don't think he scored a single point Huh? I said, I don't think he ended up scoring a single point against the Warriors. What was that, like 2017? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. And then I thought he was going to actually do stuff when he went to the Nets, but uh, that was not going to work. He wasn't, built, nah. he wasn't built to be a leader on that yeah. team, at least. Nah, definitely not. But nah, I feel like I feel like it would, it would definitely have to be a Trey Young type. Oh, De- De'Aaron Fox would be great. Ooh, De'Aaron Fox would be fun, too. That would, be, I, that would actually probably be the most seamless transition because I don't like comparisons too much, but when he was coming out of Kentucky, people were saying, John Wall, John Wall, John Wall. They, hit, they were on point with that because just the speed and the defensive uh, prowess and the way he plays. The funny thing, too, is he's a better shooter right now than John yeah, Wall exactly, is, Exactly, which is kind of scary. And he's a lefty, so that's hard to guard, too. That would be an, enter- that would be an entertaining backcourt. Oh man, yeah man, but it's it to me, man. So so why do you why do you think Bill doesn't get this love? Do you think it's just because the Wizards don't don't win? I think it's because of the winning, and I think it's probably just like not a an appropriate amount of media love too, because you have a lot of great two guards. Like you have the James Hardens, you have Clay. Uh, who else? You could arguably say. Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum, like they're interchangeable can, yeah, at one or two. You know, there's a lot of great guards and it's hard to get love as a guard right now. Two? Say that again? Yeah, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's a two, he's a swing, but. Yeah. You know, Victor Oladipo, that's a, it's, it's a good amount. I just think that it's one of those situations where. I don't think he's got enough TV time. I think it's as simple as that. Facts. No, I like uh what was it? Earlier in the season, Isaiah Thomas was joking about someone having more national games, nationally televised games than the Wizards. And I think it was like a high school it was Sierra Canyon. Sierra Canyon had like sixteen nationally televised games and that was more <laughs> than the Wizards. And that's crazy. That's crazy. That's that's crazy right there. I mean I not to even transition too much, that whole, uh, just high school, high school players, uh, or high school teams turning into like celebrity teams or having this type of, I don't, I don't, it feels weird to me. I don't really like it. Like, I understand that highly touted recruits are going to be, you know, uh, they're going to have a lot of cameras in their face and a lot of media personnel there. Um, but anyway, let's get back yeah. to, let's get back to uh, the subject. I know, we went on the craziest tangent, yeah, bro. This is... So... You have so you are you are you gonna stick with D'Angelo Fox or are you gonna stick with Trey Young? Mm. Uh, I I'll go with Trey Young because I I'll go with Trey Young because that puts more pressure on the defense. All right, so Trey Young, Bradley Bill, who would be your number three? My third, my man. I do. I love Rui, man. I Rui's like tough. Rui. A lot. I like his personality. I like his. I love his game. I love his motor. Um, I think he's super, super underrated. Um, he has this like 
it's it's kind of it's, it's it looks a little harder than it. He has this kind of kind of way of making it seem like he's he's. I don't even know how to describe it. But it is. He just makes you feel like once he figures it out and he's on his way to figuring it out, he's gonna be a baller in this league. He's nice. gonna be, you know, you know, he had a couple putbacks on veterans. He had, you know, a couple. You, you see the the shot, the fadeaways, and stuff like that. Like he has a very versatile game. So I think that that three spot should stick with Rui. All right. I, Number four. four. Who's your four guy? Before you get to the five, I do like TB too, so I'm gonna keep TB. All right. I, I like he's a he's a very energetic big. He's he's down to earth. I've seen him in I, I've seen him in uh uh Dupont a couple of times. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's but a, yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Keeps it moving. Like I'm just like I bet. <laughs> I'm not the person to like press you out and need a picture or anything like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's a pretty straightforward dude. But all right, so I'm keeping Rui and I'm keeping TB for the four man. I think that we would need. I think Rui stretches out, stretches uh, the perimeter enough or whatever. Um, stretches out that front court enough. Um, dang, that's tough. It's not. It's not really a whole lot of fours that I would think that are. Am I still dreaming, or am I trying to really put together a team that's just trying to put? You're trying to really put a uh, put together a good team. Um. Say somebody like um, and four is hard to think about too, because there are a lot of good fours. Because I don't, I don't want to say AD. I don't want to say those easy, you know, top names. I want to, I want to, because at the same time, I don't want to take the ball out of Bradley Bill's hands too much. Or Trace. Yeah, or Trace hand. Like that's where our scoring needs. That's where the ball needs to be, anyways. Um, so with the team with you know Trey Young, Brad Bill, you got Rui, and Rui could be the three or the four. So I'm really looking for just any forward. Um, and TB, dang, I'll have to go with somebody like. You could arguably put, I would arguably put in like someone like a Draymond who can do like a lot of the dirty work, well, uh, yeah, or Draymond. like a Jimmy Butler who like they're both like blue collar worker type of guys. Yeah. Think that like a Julius Randle, like a Julius, I could take Julius Randle right there. I've always yeah. loved it. Always said he's under underrated. The Lakers, thank God they got LeBron because they fumbled that that court, that young court they had. I mean, of course, you got to do something about D'Angelo telling people the wrong stuff. Yeah, but but D'Angelo Russell, freaking uh, Julius, like that team, if they grew up, they're gonna be the next like young OKC or the next, you know. One of those teams, like, oh man, what are you? Yeah, doing? everything went correctly. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it'll have to be somebody like Julius. Just get rebounds, hard nose, or one of the Morris twins. I always said, I always say the Morris twins are so much more than stats. Like their the toughness, their everything. Yeah. Their impact on the game is is layers. People act right when they're on the court. Facts. All right, so you got Trey Young, Bradley Bill. Who was your th- who? Who did you say your first four? So it was Rui. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna take out Randall. I'm gonna yeah. go Trey, Bradley Bill, um, Rui, Rui, Markeith, not Marcus, Markeith, Markeith Moore. Who Markeith was on the team before, right? Yeah, he was on the Wizards. Yeah. Markeith, the 
Markeith is more of a four. Marcus is more of a three. He's, a, he's more of a perimeter guy. Markeith is more of a hard nose. Like they both can do what the other one can do, but what they prefer, what I've seen more of their game do, you know, Markeith is more of that hard nose big man that's going to be in the paint a little bit more. All right. So he's a four. And, and then, then TV. And TV. All right. That's pretty valid. Pretty valid. I'll, I'll probably have to go with D'Angelo. D'Angelo Fox. Bradley Bill. I would I I want a worker at at that three or at that swingman, so I'm, I might go with like a a Jimmy Butler, but that oh. might that might put a lot of money out of the Wizards, for sure. That would put a lot of because you're gonna have to pay money later. Yeah, I agree with Rui and I agree with TV, so wow. that's yeah that's my five right there. I feel and I feel like that's a pretty good playoff caliber that's team. Pretty good. That's that's a team. That's a team. I don't. Because you have two guys that can score, and you got three guys that can do, like, a lot of the dirty work and and defend, too. Except, like, four of those guys can defend, except for Trey Young, because Trey Young is a liability. Yeah, he is a liability. I feel that. I, that's that's the only thing. That's the only reason why I, I was like, maybe I should pick De'Aaron. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick a defense. No, wait, that's right. I picked De'Aaron Fox. I said I like De'Aaron. No, I said D'Angelo Fox. It's De'Aaron Fox. Bradley Bill. Um, <laughs> I like uh, that. Ah, I might have to take out uh, Trey for D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, yeah. Yeah, because he has that true point guard type of game, too. Yeah. Where he can on when he wants. And he's, left, he's a lefty. He can, he's lefty. That's he's why clutch. Think, he can do all that, too. That's why I think him and Steph are going to be so dangerous. If they... Well, didn't they trade? They already, already. Yeah, you tra- trade him to the T Wolves. Yeah, I think that's that's tough. Yeah, it is very tough. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for chopping it up with me. Of course, man. This once again was the Wizards Junkies episode two with Josh K. We are out. Bang. You don't gotta make a power team for like a like a whole like high schools for where you. To me, to me, it's it's for where you take pride in your local, you know, community. Yeah. Ah.